0: In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to The Daily Memphian Memphis Tigers podcast we're finally back after a short break and I'm joined today by columnist Jeff Calkins how are you doing today Jeff good 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 so Memphis Tigers take on SMU tomorrow at home in the FedEx forum Um, what have you thought about their recent few weeks Jeff and what do you think about going on into conference play against a, a little spunky fast and really really good shooting SMU team
1: well, I think it's going to be an interesting stretch now. Obviously, they um uh they struggled in for different reasons. Uh, some common in, in different fashions they struggled against East Carolina and against Tulane. With East Carolina obviously they got off to the slow start. Um, and rallied to win Tulane. They got off to a fast start and hauled on to win. So um, it was it was a different approach to each, but some commonalities. And the biggest one is giving up a lot of offensive rebounds in both. Um, and Penny continuing to express his dissatisfaction with um, through lineup changes and um, let's just call it direct talk after <laughs> after the games. So. Um, so now you enter a stretch where they're going to be, they're favored by four, I think, on over SMU. But after that, they're underdogs in the next.
0: Yeah, they're going to be bunch of games.
1: And games. so, um, and so, now I think we'll find something, some things out about this team. In the big picture, again, it doesn't. It, it, in the big picture, none of this matters that much because the recruits that are on the way. But in terms of this particular season, you know, there was the initial all right, what's this team going to look like? Just like there was, what's the mystery of this team going to look like? We have new, no idea what Penny Hardaway basketball is going to look like, right? Yeah, no. And, no. Then, and what the individual players are going to look like. Well, we've learned some things. We've learned that they fly up and down the court, right? We learned that they're porous defensively. We learned that they struggle uh, – uh, in in the in the uh, in in with big men, we learned that they that Tyler Harris is fun to watch. We yeah. learned that Antoine Jones is really fun to watch too, like for his own reasons. Um, and um, so we've learned, and so we know what it looks like. We know their strengths and weaknesses. Now we don't know how they're going to hold up against sort of even competition, and that's the next stage. All of which is just sort of proceeding for, for in yeah. the in the in the in the tournament. But I'm interested in the next stretch just to see because it's going to be a different kind of a test.
0: Yeah, I thought that when we hit conference play, especially that we would see a little bit less of that honesty, that openness that Penny has kind of put out there ever since he got here I mean he's the most open coach I've ever been around when it comes to talking about his team's deficiencies and now yesterday he talked at length about how dissatisfied he was I think that was the word you used about how they how bad they've been on off on the on the uh, defensive side on rebounding and how uh, they're giving up too many offensive rebounds and now they're going into a game against SMU where SMU's top 10 in the nation right. in offensive rebounds. It's going to be a tough test. And I, I mean, I,
1: SMU obviously had struggled with Houston, but mm-hmm. that's Houston's a very good team. Very good team. And SMU's strength is Memphis's weakness. And yeah, so yeah. It's, there's no question that's true. It's interesting with the direct talk. <clears throat> I don't think Penny, honestly, is capable of – it's interesting because he's not open in the way that Josh Pastner was, no. which was you could reach him anytime, you could get him on the phone anytime, you could talk to him anytime about anything, whatever. But once he starts talking, he's much more open in the sense that he's not—he doesn't. You get the sense that what he says is very close to the, the, what he really what believes, he right? And. I mean we saw that again in the in the get up, the television show, where he was asked again about Rick Barnes and um and at this point the 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 politic thing to do is to just take a pass on that right but this
0: is not like penny doesn't take a no he didn't take a pass on anything really he could have taken a pass on the season and he's not he's very openly saying he wants to make the NCAA tournament he could have been he could have said hey this is a a year where I have to rebuild I've had to rebuild the roster had to replace this look at what I got coming in next year that's going to be the season that matters and if you ask him about it tomorrow after the game he's going to say well I'm expecting to make the NCAA tournament. And I think anytime anybody has asked him about it ever since he was hired, that's the lowest expectation that he has. Like, that's the minimum he wants to accomplish this season. Right. I mean, I don't think he...
1: Yeah. He, he Basically, he says, that's my job, is to make the NCAA tournament. So that's what we're going to try to do. And I don't see any reason why we can't basically win the, uh, win the conference tournament. It is one of the really interesting things. It's because... Is that the games have become dramatically more entertaining even when they struggle, honestly, right? It's just, and then the press conferences are just, <laughs> you can't miss them because if you're a media member because of what Penny might say. Even yesterday when he was talking about the um, throwback stuff. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow we're be recording 30, this on Friday, yeah. it's a throwback game against SMU and he was asked about we're wearing whether they're going to be wearing Memphis State uniforms he couldn't even lie there Like he, you know. he, he, he his, his, his sad attempt at a lie was to say it's soft pedaling because he wanted it to be a surprise so instead of just saying you know we'll see he said what he said was we're going to try we're trying to wear the uniforms so and then harsh. of course the natural follow up by yours truly was what does that mean and he says Oh, I wish you wouldn't ask that question. Uh, Try means that I'm trying to keep the surprise because we're going to be wearing the uniforms, basically.
0: Um, So, yeah. It's got to be so frustrating for the people over there who've worked so hard to keep it a secret. Because, I mean, some people didn't know about that going into the game. I mean, nobody – that wasn't common knowledge that, hey, they're going to break out the same jerseys that Penny Hardaway wore when he was – I mean, if you saw his son playing, you'd see his son wearing the same exact uniform that he wore. Right, war. I mean, how many ever years ago it was, and then he goes out there and says, Oh, yeah, we're doing this. It's got to be so frustrating,
1: yeah. I guess I don't think it really ruins it for anyone. I, to me, what I'm really interested in seeing is how many fans will be wearing Memphis State stuff. Um, because we've reached a point where when I first got here, they had just made the change to the University of Memphis, and um. And at the time, it was still controversial. There were some people who didn't like it, a lot of people who didn't like it, et cetera. And then a lot of people who may not have not liked it, but they still just instinctively said Memphis State. You can't wear Memphis State throwbacks until you get to such a place where the University of Memphis is sufficiently embedded into what people think that Memphis State doesn't further confuse the issue. Like for the first decade, they could not have done that. Now, it's very clearly the University of Memphis, people know it. I mean, it's the University of Memphis. You still, occasional oh, yeah. coach will screw up or something, old school person will screw up or something. My grandfather still calls it Memphis yeah, State. So, yeah, there are there are people who still, Still, well, but I think I think the Memphis State stuff is cool, and I think there'll be quite a lot of throwbacks, and I'm looking forward to it. And it, it's it has more meaning if they had done this exact same thing with Josh's head coach,
0: where Memphis State
1: they it, did they did they?
0: they 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 wore the um the ones that Finch wore in 2011.
1: See, this is the kind of thing I don't pay attention to um, uniforms. You tell they me they
0: wore the. I don't – yeah, they're from the early 70s, the Memphis across the chest, because that's what Jeremiah referenced yesterday, is that Will and Joe and those guys, he said when he was a kid, which made me feel old because it was not when I was a kid. Um, Well, I was in high school. What did the so Memphis State ones kids. say? Um, they say Memphis State or MSU, so or what did the, they say? The ones that they wore in 2011 just said Memphis across the chest. Okay. The ones they're going to wear – on Saturday, say Memphis, and then the number in the middle and state on the bottom. So they say state. Yep. Yeah. So that one, they have not won these ones before. No, I've never seen them wear these jerseys, but you'll see a lot of people. Here's what's going to happen tomorrow. I can already tell you, you're going to see a lot of people in throwback penny jerseys. Which right, I I was told the book Tiger Bookstore had been selling them, that ended up not being true. Is all those are bootleg, just online, right, online yeah. ones. So. um then you're going to see. Is it technically throwback if your Memphis State jersey is brand new or your Memphis State clothes? I, I'm are brand counting new? it throwback. Yeah. Yes, it's throwback. Yeah, yeah. They're there's new. people. Yeah. I mean, the Tiger Bookstores most sell sell them. a lot of it. I'm yeah, sure a lot of it. Um, so you'll see people. I, I bet it is a majority Memphis State stuff because people get really into that. They've sold a lot. Uh, of it's it. not a majority. I bet you.
1: I bet you. We won't will be. ha We will now make this formally. We will make this bet. <laughs> I bet it is a third at the most because mm-hmm. there's a lot of folks who just there's a lot it is popular state. it is very popular i think a third would be staggering if a third had it it would be staggering yeah
0: well i just don't think the crowds can be very big tomorrow either because of the weather but that's weather all hasn't others. kept people away so far jonah S- hasn't snowed yet
1: no we'll see anyway so um um they'll be wearing memphis state parkas very clearly they'll be wearing <laughs> memphis state parkas
0: i'm i'm pumped
1: for it i think it's cool and it's i really am good. um I'm and I'm typically not. It's funny. I was going to ask you this because when you cover the football games, one of the things that people are really interested in, you always take a picture of what they're wearing. Yep. You always tweet it out. It all people want to know. I typically don't care. Like I don't whether they're wearing the 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 tiger pattern on yeah. their helmet or the blue or the gray or the black or, or like this is not something. That, mm. But when it's throwback. It has a different resonance to me. You know, I think it's more meaningful. What percentage of people like people do care? Oh yeah, I mean, there's a reason. Putting aside the throwback stuff, just the other, the the other, yeah. Well, what's the most popular, by the way? What do people like for football?
0: So people did like the. I thought the most popular before was the Chrome, but they had to stop doing the Chrome because it's so expensive to refurbish that they just completely got rid of it. Really? That's why it's so expensive to just like. Think of how many helmets they're going through every single game. I mean, they get and each up. chrome,
1: the chrome gets chipped, and they, yep. get, they you got to go
0: in and get it fixed, and it's super expensive. So they did away so with. So when, de- when did they? When did they last have chrome? Um, it was Norvell's first year was the last year they had chrome. Um, I think, and then they couldn't do it, I think. it anymore, and then they stopped doing it. Um, but I think the most popular, my favorite, is the all whites. But the most popular is just the standard blue tops with the white stripes. Gray pants or blue pants with the white stripes, and then the helmet is the... either the tiger white tiger helmet with the blue on the side, or the blue with the white stripes. The least popular is um, the gray and white, which they lost in every single time they wore it. Is that season. why it's least popular, or yes. is it just from a fashion? But standpoint? then on well, both. I These don't even ugly. notice this stuff. Well, I, I, I you know I, I mean, it's just not. But there are. I understand there are people who with, do. Yes. With basketball, you only have three. Three uniforms. You have the black, the white, and the gray. Um, what do people like there? They hate the blacks. They lose every time they, they, lose, they wear they, they Those go black. back to Josh. They've lost in black right almost every single time they've worn black, going back to Pastner.
1: Well, this one will be cool, and, yeah. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to seeing how many people will be dressed there because we'll, we have a wager. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to win. So going off the SMU game, so what do you think about the rest of this conference slate that they have after SMU? Like, do you, what do you think of the American as a whole? Do you think it's a good league? You, do you know, think that- it, to me, honestly, this is.
1: There's no one rolling invincible. We know that now, right? Every you keep you keep seeing people losing on the road left yeah. and right, right? So, I'll be honest. I'm interested in the team. Like, I'm much more interested in the development of the players than I am in, in 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 how good how good temple is one way or another right so like for me Antoine Jones is fascinating maybe the most fascinating player on the team because his upside is so high because the process of bringing him along has been less about basketball than it has been like there's different people talk about player development it's and I was talking to Elliot Perry about this earlier this week there's player development, skill development, but then there's, like, he's developing Antoine Jones as a human being. in yeah, every, every single facet. In every single facet of the way he approaches life and the way he, his, his, his body language on the court, and um, because if he, you can rein him in, he can be something. Now, he wasn't very good against Tulane. In fact, what you have is the situation where the, the veterans sometimes are good and sometimes mm-hmm. the freshmen are good. It, it doesn't seem like you've ever had they both never be match. good. They right? never Right, they never match. Um, but so I'm really fascinated to see what he will become over the course of the season. I'm really fascinated to see what Tyler, Tyler who came out so brilliantly, right, and lately has, and I think you chronicled this, has
0: really struggled with a shot. Um, I think both of those guys have had the same issue, though. And I I'm, I think it, I agree with you. I think it's interesting how they respond to that because you're freshman. You've never played this many games before, really. Uh, well, you may have, but it's been different. You're not flying from Memphis to New Orleans and then back to Memphis for three days, and then you're going to class, and then you're flying to East Carolina. Is that why Tyler Harris
1: misses shots? I I I actually don't think it's he's not getting open shots. He's getting the same shots he's getting.
0: I think it's a little bit of fatigue. I think they're not used to this. I mean, they just went. They went. Think about their last month. They went through exams. They had a huge break where. I mean, theoretically, you go home, but you can't because you're playing Yeah, but so the last month, they haven't had many
1: games. Now they're going to have game, 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 game. Yeah. Like it's, now the tempo is going to change I think, dramatically.
0: I think, I think it's just a change that a lot of freshmen have to go through that, okay, I have to learn how to deal with this. I have to learn to deal with the, okay, I'm going to have a break, but I still have to take basketball seriously. And that's, I mean, they Penny said it after one of the games. That's why Tyler and Antoine both got benched. They weren't taking practice seriously. And I think that's reflected in the way they've played, right. I think Tyler had one 16 point game, but otherwise he's been well. And then you
1: have and then you have Alex, who by contrast um, came in with great high expectations. All of a sudden, people are saying, and people can pretend or not that this happened, but people were saying he sucks. I mean, they, they just were. Um, yeah. No, I, I had a lot of that a lot of time. you got a lot of that, and um, and so then he responds with his best game of the year easily against Wichita State. And then you've actually, because of his absence the last couple of games, you've noticed him because they're, they're rebounding, which is such a Achilles heel. Um, he is one of the guys who sets the tone in terms of toughness and rebounding. And so how is he going to continue yeah. to develop? And I'm much more interested, like obviously Jeremiah had a good game against Tulane. And for the, for the course of this year, what Jeremiah has to have those kinds of games for them to be good. Yeah, for them to um, win the conference. For them to win the conference. But over the long haul, I'm more interested in Tyler and Antoine yeah. and Alex and and what the what the young kids yeah, do
0: those guys are the most important part I mean they are the future of the basketball program I why mean. why does he um what do you think's going on with Mike Parks because he
1: it, it, it like Mike Parks he I I don't mean this he doesn't like him because he but but Mike Parks seems to frustrate Penny. Like he'll just disappear from the lineup.
0: Yeah. Well, Mike's problem has always been. Well, he's injury prone. He's had an impact. And, and he obviously, had, he's, he's the he's, father too. And yeah. he had the the deal where he. Yeah. Obviously and the, he's had a lot going on. But Mike's biggest problem is that he's slow. I mean, he's not a quick guy. Getting up and down the court in Penny's offense means you have right. to. You have to keep up with the ball. You have to be ahead of the ball, and sometimes Mike Parks is bringing up the rear. I mean, he's sometimes shots will be going up, and he'll be just past half court. Right. His, I mean, the and play, then he's not a rim defender, and the, and at least at
1: least Isaiah Maurice kind of looks like yeah, he looks, looks like. like a rim defender. He's more athletic. I mean, he's Mike Parks,
0: The what play was it? It was against East Carolina where somebody made a free throw. East Carolina gets the ball off the inbounds, and then literally dribbles down the court, dribbles past every single Tiger. Coast to coast. Mike Parks does not move out of the paint. Easy layup. I mean, it's just things like that happen too often when he's in the game. I mean, he's a defensive liability. He slows down your offense. I mean, you really like – And Penny has, has from the beginning of the year, when he talked
1: about, I'm going to give everyone a long leash, he's changed that dramatically. Yeah. He now yeah, – if you screw up, particularly on the defensive end, you come out. Um, And that's – I mean, he. Need, it is funny, just the language. He says the bench, now he's doing the whole, the bench is the best instructor stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas that's not how he was talking at the beginning of the season. He nope. was talking about giving freedom to guys um, how to you know, to play,
0: et cetera. I don't know. How do you size up the next five? I think they can win the next three. Um, I think they can beat UCF. I'm not a vague... UCF I mean, winning now. at Temple is not going to be no that's the one that's the one that's going to be the toughest like but I, I think they're going to bring it in that game I think they really are I think they, they're they going to want to make a statement somewhere along here you have to you lost to Houston you've struggled with East Carolina and Tulane I'm anticipating they'll probably struggle a little bit tomorrow you have to make a statement are you, are you anticipating a lost amount I mean if they go in I mean SMU does two things really well that Memphis struggles with that's they force turnovers. Memphis turns over the ball a lot. A bunch. They offensive rebound like crazy, and Memphis gives up a bunch of offensive rebounds. If those two things happen, they're going to lose. I mean, that's just any team. Any team that gives up a bunch of offensive rebounds. Well, I mean, you look at the time, you look at
1: lose. you look at the shot differential in, in some of these games, and in against Houston or whatever. I mean, I, I don't know if it was Houston. You Memphis sometimes is giving up twenty more shots than the than the opposition. Well, you're not going to yeah. Like, and, and it's, it's off that's offensive rebounds and turnovers that's mm-hmm. exactly it's what not you're a talking feasible
0: about. thing to, to ask of them to go in and say hey we know you're probably going to turn the ball over 20 times and you know and you're going to give right. up a bunch of offensive rebounds but we still want you to win I mean, before it's, uh, we touch on hard.
1: football a little bit where are you on recruiting you were asking penny questions yesterday um and in particular i asked about yeah, you, scholarships um And, and, and then there was another question about guards, because obviously he doesn't have a guard for, for coming in for next year. Yeah.
0: Um, you stole my scholarship question, by the way, I was going to ask that yesterday, but I thought it was a good time to update it. We're going into a new year, final couple months of the recruiting cycle. We'll have a story up uh, over at the Daily Memphian this afternoon, um, probably before this posts, but, um, it'll be interesting to me because he's got the one, maybe two, maybe he can get three scholarships. um, Wolo asked about transfers, and that's something I was very interested in because Jalen Fisher— He said he
1: has how many left? He said he, he said has. said he
0: has two. So that means to me maybe he's probably taking his son off scholarship and putting Ryan Boyce on. Well, he's so losing five too. seniors. He, so he's losing five. He's right. planning on putting Ryan Boyce on scholarship, would have shrunk that down, to, which would basically mean he would only have four. Right, and uh, then because, he's got— Yeah, and so if he takes oh, Jaden but he's, off, He already
1: has, and then he has
0: DJ, James— three. Three. So it's basically like four newcomers next year because Ryan will have never played. Four, so, and so that would mean only one, but he said he had two. Yeah, so to me that means, means maybe he's taking someone off scholarship Jayden,
1: or he's planning on someone leaving.
0: Yeah, and that could totally happen. Like Victorino, Victorino could transfer. Victorino could leave. Uh, Antoine Jones could leave or something could, crazy could happen. I mean, it's happened before. Um, and usually if you're getting a talented player in, you'll work it out. You'll make it work. You'll figure it out. That's what I think. Um, I always think they're going to figure but, it out. Yeah, Wolo well, we'll asked about transfers because that's something I was noticing yesterday. Jalen Fisher, who's right. from Memphis, very talented TCU guard, elected to transfer. Cartier Gordon from St. Louis, who played for Team Penny. But Penny reacted
1: to that with Negative a – Negative wins. As
0: if, eh. That is not what he wants to do because any of those guys are going to have to sit out a year. Like you know, And he wants to be – he wants to win next year. He wants to win next year. So – uh, I wrote a little bit about guys to watch. Obviously, Trent Watford, who I, at this rate, I think they're going to get. I think that's probably right. going to happen. Um, Matthew Hurt, I'm mean, little, you know, he's a he took visits to Kentucky. I think right. he's been in North Carolina. I think he's going to Duke and Kansas. I think he has one more. He has one schedule. more, and is not right now. Memphis has not no. been. Yeah, on I list. haven't it's heard still, Memphis. Right. Uh, somebody Memphis has gotten super involved with him since he reclassified to 2019, which was the day James. Committed to Memphis was Anthony Edwards. He's the number four overall in the 247 Sports Composite shooting guard. Really, really good. Really just some people have him as the best guy in this class. Uh, He put out a top five. He said it's subject to change. And every time you hear about him, it's that Penny Hardaway and James Wiseman talk to him every single day. Mike Miller's on it. All these guys, like, they're after him hard. That's another guy that people need to be watching very, very closely. Um, Other than that, I mean, there's Damian Ball, but right now I don't think he. I don't know how hard Memphis is after him. Right. And then uh in terms of football, a couple of developments, uh,
1: Tony Pollard uh going pro and he's been invited to the senior bowl. It that honestly there's surprised some people. I think Tony Pollard will get drafted. On, oh, absolutely. He'll on, get drafted. Yes. Uh, he's not gonna give first or second round, no, I don't imagine, but he's going to get drafted on tools alone. I mean, yeah. he's a first of all, people need kick returners. He's a legendary kick returner, but he also is a big, strong, fat, electrically fast guy. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how he times I, at the combine. And um, now he doesn't have a clear position. No, that's the
0: thing. going to say. Problem. I want to know what position he's going in at. That's the big question to me. If he's going in as a running back, I think that changes things. If he can play wide receiver, you know, I think that's the best position. What is position. he? He's a wide receiver. I mean, if he, I wonder if he could go back in time i mean his body i mean he's not a great root runner his body type he's a corner if we're being honest I, but he can, he does not have the skill set for that right um that's if we're going back for if you could years have, ago, if
1: you could have just said I'm going to sculpt Tony Pollard into the best NFL prospect he can be. It would have been coming out of Melrose. You would have put him Correct. at corner and left him at corner. And he actually, Probably, there, there, there was a thought that he was going to be a DB. Like yep. that was one of the, mm-hmm. the options coming out of Melrose. Yeah, and
0: I think that, honestly, he can play anywhere. In college, he can play anywhere because of those tools you mentioned, especially in the American Athletic Conference. He can he can return kicks. He can catch passes he because he's the fastest guy on the field. But in the NFL, it changes things a little bit um i hope some team gets a hold of him turns him into a stud receiver because you know tony i mean he's great oh, he's great, a good, he's great. great. yeah I mean, his, his family's, family's great awesome yeah. they deserve all that. i just think he got tired of school i mean it, it's for him to go back i think he would have had to enroll in grad school possibly and i think that's just No, he wanted to be a pro he wanted he, to go like, time, he wanted to go, to go with the so next you,
1: he would, here's my concern about it from the university of memphis perspective um uh and it, it, they we saw without Daryl Henderson that um, in the Birmingham ball that when when, Br- when it's left, I thought Brady took more heat than he deserved this year, generally, right mm-hmm. um, he, he obviously doesn't can't throw it down the field the way his predecessors can, but in terms of managing the offense, getting it into the ball hand of, of, of getting it into the hands of playmakers, he was pretty efficient at that, uh, understanding his weaknesses right yeah. but the more burden you put on him to be the playmaker, the less well equipped he is to do that. And we saw without Daryl Henderson how the offense was significantly less effective in the Birmingham Bowl. If you take away those weapons, the two basically game breakers that they the biggest game breakers that they had, which are Henderson and Pollard, what does that mean for the offense? Yeah. Are you confident? Are you confident they're going to be putting up fifty points a game again well, between forty and fifty points a game game again next year? We'll
0: say this I've confidence in Norvell. I think he's a very i mean he's right. great and I mean, figures he figures it out he yeah. figures it out I mean he has to this point I think Kevin Johns is great i w- I wrote the other day that I don't expect them to to bring in another quarterback, but I wouldn't say it's completely off the table. I don't want to say it's a hundred percent not going to happen, um, and we don't know. I know they're going to do a competition. Norvell loves competition; he thrives on it. He says his program's better because of it, so they'll do a comp uh, competition in the spring. I think they'll bring in another receiver. I think they'll that. I think that's a big key going forward. I think defensive tackle. And receiver are two spots they're really focusing on right now. And offensive line, those three, because you're talking about the late signing period. Late yeah. signing period. Yeah. I think that receiver was a position that they felt should have been better last season. They that they felt that they were not good enough there. That oh, they'll Brady White has all of the deficiencies you talked about. I think, and I think near the end of the season, he heard a lot of what people were saying and he was thinking, I'm going to go prove them wrong, and that was a little bit to his detriment, especially in the bowl game when we're sitting up in the press box and they're wide-open guys, and he tries to force a a pass downfield because he's trying to make a play. He's pressing, and I think, I mean, even without Daryl, they scored, what was it, against Wake Forest? I mean, I think they still scored 40 points. Um, I think they've got a Tony Pollard replacement in the wings. They have Kenny Gainwell ready to roll, and I think that kid's a stud. I think he's going to end up... He won't have the records like Tony Pollard did. I don't know who's going to be the kicker turner, but Kenny Gain will make a bigger impact on offense than Tony Pollard did at times, I think, because the kid's a stud. I mean, he's great. And they have other running backs, but they're trying to add to the offense going forward because they need to.
1: And and you're impressed by the hires that they made?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, this staff is probably I mean, – 37-34 yeah, was, it was. Wake 34. versus
1: uh, – Yeah, Wake And they could have scored. A little bit more. Uh, there, but so yeah. anyway, so
0: yeah, um, I mean, add a guy like Adam Four and Kevin Johns. I mean, those two are power five coordinators. Uh, John Simons left Arizona State. He left Arizona State as a running backs coach to come be Memphis's wide receivers coach and recruiting coordinator. That's a big deal. Um, I mean, I'm a, Tony Tokars is a rising star. He's just like Kenny uh, Dillingham. He'll be an offensive coordinator one day. Keeping Ryan Silverfield, which happened yesterday. Huge. I mean, he's been pursued by so many – I mean, you look at all the coaching changes that have happened. Ryan Silverfield's name has come up a lot um, behind the scenes. People have called him. I mean, it's not a secret that his name's come up. And keeping him – I mean, I think he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the nation. I mean, Memphis had –
1: I couldn't be – I mean, that's the thing. I, I couldn't be more impressed by by Mike and the fact that his ability to transform a school that used to be known as a dead end into a school that is now a launching pad is – is absolutely remarkable. I got to tell you, though. By the way, I'm looking at <laughs> remember. This is, the game is coming back to me. It was 37-34. Plus one of those was a kick return. Yep. It Was Tony Potter's last kick yep. return? Like uh, it was one was. I love. I mean, too. I like. I I, th- I thought it was unfair the treatment that Brady White got throughout much of the year. But um, he it was yeah, they he, that it. in that game 171 yards. Like it was not. Yeah, it was a, not good. It no. was that that was not a. But you do remember
0: they took away um a 50 yard pass to. Demonte Coxie because he stepped out of bounds That's, yeah um I don't know how much but yeah, they, yeah anyway it'll 14... be I'll, I'll be
1: fascinated to see spring will be interesting I think um, yeah, and I think defensively I think defensively they will be better and I you're exactly right that co- the coordinator hire in particular I was um people say he that guy's a star yeah. and Adam um,
0: Fuller will be a head coach in, the, in yeah. the next two years but I think Norvell may have created some more problems for himself I mean for the right now, it's good. But in the future, all these guys are going to leave in the next one, That's two, what you three need. years. That's back. what you need. That's the That's business. That's the business. That's yep. what you got to do. So I think that wraps it up. Um, thanks, Jeff, for coming on with me today. And I, I want to thank the OAM Network. And you can find our podcast anywhere you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. In depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.